0: Tap out, teacher. I got lots to say about why education in the state of disarray. So two men turn up and get your pen in hand. Dr. Ann snapping history facts and stories like a rubber band. Tap out, teacher. Tap, tap, tap out, teacher. Tip, tip, tip to tap out, teacher. Tap, tap, tap out, teacher. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dr. Anne, your Tapped Out teacher, coming in, introducing myself. So just wanted to say hello, world. I am a former classroom educator, which is why I have called myself Tapped Out, because I tapped out of the classroom. I'm still in education, still doing things in the field and creating curriculum and doing professional development as a consultant. But I really wanted to take this time and create this podcast to shed light on the job and what a lot of people have misconceptions about, since a lot of those things are still going on. I also really felt it was important to create this podcast because teachers are not respected in society, and I'm so sick and tired of that, and we definitely have to change the narrative. So I feel like by having this platform with a little bit of education um, and a lot of reality based on my own experiences and why I decided to tap out, it would be a great way to connect with my teacher tribe, which is what I call my fellow teachers, and to also educate people on the schooling system here in the United States and why some of the things are the way that they are from the top to the bottom. Tune in and hear what I have to say. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Tapped Out Teacher. And in this week we are tackling the white savior in education, the might of white is right and whack culture clashes. Try saying that three times fast. Since coronavirus has exposed America for the fraud that it is, and we see that the battle has and is continuing to live in the sphere of education. I figured that this would be a very timely uh recording to talk a little bit about racism and the re-unveiling of racism in every facet of our daily lives. So education is honestly and arguably in my opinion one of the most significant pillars of white supremacy and racism in this nation. So in this episode of the Tapped Out Teacher I'll be talking about why that racism led me to tapping out. And so when we look at the good old white savior in education, you know, we have this, you know, administrator, we have this educator, we have this teacher that's coming in and saving the day with their great upper middle class values that, oh my God, the black children just don't ever have. We see that the actual problem is ingrained within the system and it plagues a lot of black teachers, especially the black teachers doing the good old revolutionary work of teaching the students the truth in the spirit of liberating our children and freeing their minds. Now, before I get into the white savior in education and the might of white, I want to do, of course, a brief little history on how this problem evolved over the years. So if you look at the history of education, and this information is presented in slightly greater detail in my episode on problematic parents. But the concept of school as we know it was not these large buildings that we see today. School, in the history of how we have seen it evolve in this country, was a community affair with a one-room schoolhouse in most northern states well into the 1700s. Youth of all ages went to learn the basics from a community-sponsored teacher. Generally speaking, though, the only thing missing from these schoolhouses were Black children because segregation. I think people bypassed the fact that segregation was inherent and still is inherent in this country's fabric, including in the first and current iterations of school. Now, while school was prominently an affair for the wealthy... And while affluent Blacks could sometimes join these schools, prior to the Civil War, there were not many schools open to Black students. Among some of the handful, and I do mean handful, of schools that allowed Black students, you have the African Free School in New York and the Abiel Smith School in Boston. Quakers also offered educational opportunities in the North to Black students and sidebar, I went to Penn, I'm a Quaker, so big up to the Quakers for being somewhat about that liberal life. Now, the North was not all a bastion of support for Black education since the idea of creating a college for Blacks in New Haven, Connecticut was met with violence and integrated schools in Connecticut and New Hampshire were also destroyed by unwieldy mobs so in the south we also have to know that school wasn't even a construct since the planter class hired private tutors until after the civil war what does that mean that means that most white children in the south were not formally educated and we know that education was forbidden for those who were enslaved in any case now we do know that in 1787 the african free school in new york and the Abbey L. Smith School in Boston in 1835 were, like I said, one of the few schools that were open to Blacks. In my native Brooklyn, the Weeksville School opened in 1840, providing education to the Black community that had settled there. Individuals and churches, especially the Quakers, sometimes provided instruction to Black students, but it really wasn't until after the Civil War, during Reconstruction, that integrated public schools were established by Republican freedmen where segregation still continued, even if it was provided. So, even after an entire war was fought to end slavery in this country, according to authors Betty Reed and Nell Palmer, Black leaders independently and generally supported segregated all-Black schools anyway, because that left Black principals and teachers with autonomy, even if that meant little to no funding, and an absence of resources from the states that these schools were popping up in. New Orleans was actually a rare example where during Reconstruction, schools were integrated, according to another author, Harlan. So let me sum that up for you. While schoolhouses were educating mostly white children and the wealthy from the 1600s, formal black education, even while segregated, did not emerge until the latter half of the 1800s. It was in 1854 that Lincoln University became the first black college for black men and Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School in D.C. in 1870 became the first public high school to name a few of the larger schools that we know are landmarks in black education. Now that, in case you haven't done the math, is a 200 plus year head start on schooling between white and affluent whites and black people. And even with these late beginnings, Whites still just couldn't fathom the idea of an educated black person, often burning schools, destroying the little resources we had to begin with, be they two-year-old books, tattered textbooks, and whatever we could find, and trying to terrorize blacks into staying in their forced subjugation in society. When the Civil War ended, education was one of, if not, the most highly sought-after prizes of freedom. However, when we fast forward to the civil rights movement and the landmark Supreme Court case of Brown v. Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas in 1954, the desire to integrate schools led to the demise of Black-run schools en masse. And I mean, a lot of Black schools were now shuttered and closed down due to the desire to integrate and allow Black youth to attend schools with white students. Remember that even after the Civil War, Blacks themselves still preferred to have their own schools so they would not have to deal with the racism, intimidation, and terror. However, the demand for us to integrate white schools, rightly founded based on the principle of wanting access to better resources and zoning equity for upper middle and middle class Blacks, really was a large blow to our ability to instruct our own children in the ways that we had been doing and in the ways that we know how. Nowhere are the effects of integration most negatively seen than on the black woke educator who is beholden to the new and current white saviors of education and the children who attend segregated schools run by upper middle-class white people. Now, that's a lot. Just gave you a whole lot of history, but hopefully you're seeing where I'm going with this. And either way, it's a little story time as to why the white savior complex led me to tapping out. Now, professionally, nothing is as debilitating as the performance improvement plan, aka the PIP. I also have this unfounded theory that during the presidency of 45, many black people have been terrorized at work based on my own friends in various industries who have been subjugated to this asinine form of professional slave master syndrome. But let me not digress too much. So I taught explicitly at an all black segregated school and have for all of my classroom teaching career. So, in my shift to middle school, I understood that I would have to tone down my militaristic ways given the younger age group. However, given that students knew I cared about their education, found me to be entertaining and passionate about what I teach based on their own and the school's very clear priority of feedback, you would think your girl was good. Students were performing, and while I was definitely not Miss Softy, I did establish relationships with my students. Which is why when I was told I was on a PIP and given the primary reason for it, I knew my days at this charter school were numbered. We just don't feel that your tone is part of the culture here. Now, of course, there were other very nitpicky things in this plan, including not getting students, seventh graders, mind you, into independent work by minute six of a 45 minute lesson. Because I spoke for four more minutes and was teaching them things they had no clue what to do or how to do but the primary source of contention for these people was my tone of voice and get this, my register. So now massa wanna control how I speak to kids who look like me and come from the same environment I came from, yeah, it was time to go. This wasn't the first time I had told about my manner of speaking to my students. My last administrator claimed that the way you talk to these children implies you do not care about them. But what is actually care? And who is the judge of that when it comes to the white savior in education? Because last I checked, a lot of what these white people tolerate and allow these children to do are not culturally acceptable in our households and in our community. Talking back, rolling of the eyes, cursing in front of elders, these things are not genuinely looked on kindly in the community in terms of the way I was raised coming up And being part of the old guard known as the old school for all my zennios out there. But here we go. And all of a sudden, you know, other people are telling me that because I don't act like them, I don't care about my kids. Even though my kids are performing, my kids are being held accountable and my kids know what's up. Let me know if you feel me with that, because I know a lot of my black teachers, we don't play those games. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. See, the white savior in education has made it so that black kids, you know, mistakenly confuse a lack of expectations and a lack of accountability with care. And when you come in as the black teacher and you have high expectations, you have standards and you don't let up on them, you're the quote unquote mean one. I'm sorry, but I had a ton of mean teachers in my, in my upbringing in public school, and I'm an Ivy League graduate. Okay, so I'd rather have the mean teacher with standards than the nice teacher who lets you get away with murder and doesn't actually even really check your work for quality of content. This is part of a larger, whack ass cultural clash between white is might and black is blight. I'm not sure why these white people thought they could tell me how to talk to my own people when their own policies included never reprimanding black students for vulgar and profane disrespect in the face of adults. The same school also mandated silent lunch for the first two to four weeks of school and taking away recess as a punishment for enacting in developmentally appropriate childlike behavior. So the values and the actual punishments and things enacted in the by the white savior in education prove inherently that they're not about anything but our kids being very obedient to good old massa. And I will not be silenced and I will not be told what to do. And so you know the 1804 in me meant I had to go. So I even had a student share with me after being sent out of class for talking back to a white male teacher that she felt that the white teachers disrespected the students all the time in terms of their tone, in terms of how they spoke down to the kids. And she didn't understand how come I could be in so much trouble when all I did was push the kids to do better, even if I was loud when I was doing it. You see, even in media regarding education, we are expected to believe that white women and white men are saviors for working with troubled children. It goes as far back as Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, Freedom Riders with Hillary Swank, Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling and Waiting for Superman, just to name a few. Even if you look at sports movies where you have kids working with white saviors, again, you have The Blind Side. You have all of these other movies where it takes a white person coming in to save these black youth from the inner city and they're swooping down with some middle upper middle class dosage of lessons that apparently black people are ill-equipped to teach. Not having it. Miss me with the bullshit. As with my trip down history lane and what that has proven, black educators have been working with too little to make great strides for our kids without the intervention of white folks. Also, let's be honest, whenever people critique your tone professionally, As a black person, you can typically read that as intimidation of your influence with the children you serve because they respond differently when you remind them of their auntie or mother and when you keep your foot on their ass to get shit done. And that's the kind of teacher I was. Let me just restate that again because I think some of you all need to hear this because even if you're not in education and even if you're just listening to this as a way to learn more about how school systems work, I'm telling you that whenever people critique your tone professionally as a black person you can typically read these criticisms as intimidation of your influence with the people that you work with or in education with the children that you serve because they respond differently when you remind them of people that they know in their own community because that is actually a cultural asset that you have that other teachers cannot tap into and it's valuable and it's worth it and it does make a big difference There's actually a ton of research that students that have had black teachers actually go on to, you know, feel more motivated and do better in their schooling. So tone critique in other fields is related to the actual and assumed white fragility that is that is exhibited when you a black person knows your shit so well that to be confused would reflect the fact that you know that that you know what you're doing and you're thorough. And so talking about tone, in my honest opinion, is a slave master tactic to silence black people in the workplace. And it ain't finna work. Tone ain't never kill nobody. And last I checked, due to respectability politics, especially in education, we definitely have to be able to see and monitor how we talk to people. So when white people are literally in control of the third wealthiest generating industry in the nation, yep education is actually a great way to get a privileged bag i cannot begin to stress the importance of being policed as the woke unwavering demanding black teacher if you look up education consultants advising segregated schools mostly white people if you look up administrators school leadership fellows and higher level positions within the public and charter school systems you see a field of lily white that means that the considerations of our kids their skills, and their actual real educational needs are not being met. Think about it. Why else would white privilege allow grammar, spelling, and writing to go unchecked for children as old as high school students? Then when your kids can't write an email to save their life, the same advocacy they try to play with don't mean shit. Why do all these well-meaning white people discount the narratives of students who do know their shit? as evidence in Donald Collins AP scoring debacle in 2017. This happened where students did not get credit when stating that slavery in the United States was government sanctioned mass violence on the AP World History exam. Now, I taught and studied American history After teaching global history and ladies and gentlemen, slavery was embedded in the Constitution with the three fifths compromise, the Fugitive Slave Act and all of the laws regarding admission of states as slave or free and Jim Crow laws. So again, miss me with the bullshit. And so I knew I had to tap out when the modern day slave masters, oops, I mean administrators tried to come for how I speak when that is inherently part of who I am and my pedagogical practice. It hits different when you have the language to back up what you do. So at the end of the day, many a good student and even a subpar student was motivated by me. And my results always spoke for themselves, placing all of my students at number two in the entire network of middle schools for the network I worked for with them writing as themselves and displaying their acquired knowledge because I taught my ass off. So. With the fact that education is so white, I decided it was time to hightail it out of there, and I know that many a black teacher like me tapped out for the very same reasons. I've been told I should start my own school, and while I am giving it some thought, I definitely wanted to shed light, part one, on the whack culture clashes that drove me out of the classroom, the might of white is right, and the white savior in education. Stay tuned for the next episode. Definitely let me know what you think and if you've experienced some of this yourself.